0: And I saw them. I came running up. And I said, are y'all doing auditions now to be a part of the group? Ed Koslow was quick to say, no. (laughs) Okay. Why pray? I realize, for some of you, that's a crazy question. It's kind of like when I go to the refrigerator at our house, and I open both doors, and I'm standing there, and I'm searching... And I asked Sharon the question, where's the ketchup? She says, it's in the fridge. No, it ain't. Yes, it is. No, it's not here. She has to come over, move. And she moves the milk, and it's behind the milk. Well, why didn't you tell me that? You know, She expects me to move things. Any of you guys been fussed at for not moving stuff? I just think if you open it, it ought to be there, and then it's not. So she, th- <laughs> she thinks... She thinks it's a foolish question to ask, where's the ketchup? Because it's an obvious answer. It's in the fridge. And if I can't find it, it's not her fault, it's my fault. And I'm slowly learning that. But the question of why pray? Some of you would have very good answers for that that satisfy you completely. Well, because the Bible says so. That's a great answer to the question, why pray? Some of you would say, because Jesus prayed, and he's our example. And that's another accurate answer, a great answer. The question, why pray? Others would say, well, it's evident from Genesis to Revelation. It's a major part of what it means to believe, and that's that's a great answer. But those answers don't satisfy everyone completely and for an obvious reason. So those of you that don't have this question, bear with those who do have this question. Adrian Rogers was a uh, pastor of a large church, a Southern Baptist church. I think it was in Memphis, Tennessee, and a good conservative, Southern Baptist, but a good conservative traditional uh, preacher in church, And, and he understood the question. Look at this quote behind me. He said, and I quote, prayer is our greatest privilege. We may as well admit our greatest Christian failure. All of us need to learn to pray more and to pray better. But listen to this. But one of the reasons we don't pray better than we do, or any more than we do, is that we have questions about prayer. These questions cause us uncertainty then our uncertainty sometimes neutralizes us and we become hesitant about prayer. And what he is identifying is an issue that maybe not all Christians have, but a lot of Christians have. He's acknowledging this as a pastor. By the way, he's deceased now. E.G. Rogers passed away a few years ago. But one of the passages of Scripture that would cause people... To wonder why we pray is found in Matthew chapter 6, verses 7 and 8. Now, in the context of prayer, and, and, and Matthew's talking about prayer, he, he says, but when ye pray, okay, he's talking about prayer now, that's the subject, use not vain repetitions, okay, as the heathens do, for they think that they shall be heard for their much speaking. Be not ye therefore like unto them, For your Father knoweth what things ye have need of before you ask him. And some people will say, okay, then why pray? What's the point? Read it again. In the context of prayer, he puts in this statement that seems to question the whole idea. And I emphasize, seems to question the whole idea. When he says, your Father knoweth what things ye have need of before you ask him. If I have told Sharon that I'm in need of something, or if she knows I'm in need of something, to keep going back to her would be to pester her. She would say, you've already told me that. I know you need that. I'm, I'm, I'm aware of it. I'm, I'm going to get it. And if I keep telling her and keep telling her and keep telling her, it's, it's like, you know, I know better. Don't keep telling her. Well, how does that work with God? Because it's very clear here. Your father knoweth what things ye have need of before ye ask him. So, That statement raises a very profound question, a legitimate question, then why pray? If prayer is telling God things, and if prayer is asking God for things, and if God already knows what you need, and he already knows your appreciation, then why pray? Well, trust me, this is a a question that's been asked through the centuries. The theologian John Calvin addressed this issue. Here's a quote from him. But someone will say, does God not know, even without being reminded, both in what respect we are troubled and what is expedient for us, so that it may seem in a sense superfluous that He should be stirred up by our prayers as if He were drowsily blinking or even sleeping until He is aroused by our voice? He's raising the question, why pray? He's saying, is God asleep? Do we need to wake him to our needs, to our appeals, to our attention? That's John Calvin. And again, quoting Adrian Rogers, the Southern Baptist preacher. He asks this, one of the questions most often asked about prayer is, why should we pray when God already knows our needs? Why tell God what he already knows or ask him to do what he already wants to do. Now Calvin proceeded to give an answer to his question. His answer is this, and his answer is profound, and his answer will tell you where we're going with this, because I'm not trying to raise your doubts this morning. I'm trying to deal with those of you that already have doubts or already have questions and encourage you in the area of prayer. So John Calvin said, is God asleep that we got to wake him? He raises that rhetorical question, and then he says this. But they who thus reason do not observe to what end the Lord instructed his people to pray. For he ordained it not so much for his own sake as for ours. According to this man, the real point of prayer is not so much for his sake because he does know. It's very clear. He, it, it's stated that in Matthew. It's not that we're going to inform him of something he didn't know. Oh, I didn't know that. No, it's not for his sake. It's for ours. And when you begin to understand that, it's going to draw you to the Lord in prayer. Adrian Rogers, he asked the same, pretty much the same question. And Let's look at his answer to that question. Adrian Rogers said, Prayer binds us to God. That's why we tell God what He already knows. He knows what we have need of before we ask. But we're definitely, specifically, and unqualifiedly, I don't even know if that's a word, but that's a direct quote, unqualifiedly, told to pray and to ask, not to impress or inform God but to invite God so that we might have that fellowship with Him, so that we might grow, and that we would learn to depend upon Him. So in Matthew chapter 6, the last part of verse number 8, when He says, For your Father knoweth what things ye have need of before ye ask Him. To the answer to that question, why pray? Understand, it's more for us. God desires, and this should encourage you this morning. God desires a close, intimate, and affectionate relationship with all of his children. From a human perspective, which of us doesn't want a close relationship with our children? Every one of us. And God, more so than we, being more pure in his motives than we, he wants, he desires a close relationship. The creator God of the universe. I was thinking about that the other day. I mean, God. think God wants a relationship. He who existed before anything existed. Think about that one for a while. Before there was a universe, before there was stuff, before there was space, before there was time, God existed outside of that. And then he creates something out of nothing. I mean, can you imagine speaking and something comes into existence? He desires a warm, close, personal relationship with us. His word, his word tells us that. That should be comforting. That should be reassuring. That should be exciting. That should motivate us to pray. And to pray more and to pray regularly. He wants that relationship. James 4.8 Draw nigh to God and he will draw nigh to you. He who exists independently of anything else, he who existed before there was any kind of matter, he who existed before there was time, before there was space outside of all of that, he who existed wants to draw close to little old you and me. We have it on the authority of God's Word that yes, indeed, that's what He wants. Jeremiah 31.3 The Lord hath appeared of old unto me, saying, Yea, I have loved thee with an everlasting love. Therefore, with loving kindness have I drawn thee. It's almost hard to fathom that God would want a personal love warm, loving, intimate relationship with you, with your spouse, with your children. And understand this this morning. I think prayer is the primary means for developing that close, intimate, affectionate relationship with God. Prayer is that means. He wants He says, you draw close to me, I'll draw close to you. But look in Psalm 145, 18. The Lord is nigh unto all them that call upon Him. That's prayer. To all that call upon Him in truth. Calling on Him, what is that? That's prayer. The Lord is nigh unto them that call upon Him. That's prayer. One of the primary reasons that we pray... Yes, we also pray for hope, for help, for healing, for, for answered prayer. That's all a part of it, but that's all a part of developing that relationship. Proverbs fifteen eight: The sacrifice of the wicked is an abomination to the Lord, but the prayer of the upright is His delight. It's His delight. When you look up and say, Lord... That's his delight. He wants that relationship. we He describes us as his children. And that's something we can relate to. How do you build a relationship with anybody? You you talk to them. How do you build? Look, there are people that I was close, all of us, I was close to when I was in high school. And now, I have no relationship with them. Well, in high school, we're talking to each other. We're seeing each other. And when we're together, we're talking. We're we're communicating. And it's because I don't talk with Jack Holmes anymore. I don't remember. 40 years ago, 50 years ago, did I talk to him last? In high school, we were best buddies. We laughed. We cut up. We did things together. But we're not talking to each other now. And so we've grown apart. And so the Lord says, talk. And listen. We don't see God. We see his creation. We can see his work. But can we see him? Can we see Jesus? And all the more reason, therefore, than to talk. You know, all three of my children live large distances away from us. And it's imperative that we talk often. Not a problem with Aaron. Not a problem at all. However many times a day it is. 10, 15, 20, 30, 40 phone calls a day. And I'm not complaining. Because if something happened and those phone calls didn't come, I'd be wishing to goodness they were coming. But how do we maintain that relationship with Jeremy? With Matt? Thankfully, nowadays, we can FaceTime. I saw my... Sometimes when I get feeling sorry for myself, I start thinking about, I haven't seen any of my grandkids play a game, never been to a recital, never been to a play, but with FaceTime, Jay struck out the side the other day, struck him out, and I saw it, thanks to FaceTime. But we have to work at it. Because we live at a distance, we have to work at it. And Jeremy wants to keep that connection. So the game's being played. Here comes Jay into the game. And I'm watching it on my iPhone as he's FaceTiming us. And we're watching that. Relationships are important. And for relationships to be maintained, you've got to have that communication. And what is prayer? Prayer is communication with God. Prayer is talking to God. Prayer... Brings me closer to God as we talk. When we quit talking, we grow apart. Every time I pray, I'm reminded of so many spiritual truths of God that draw me to Him. This is fascinating, folks. It was like the light went on, because I've had this question. Like I said, probably many of you haven't ever had a white pray, but I kind of analyze things. Lord, you know everything. I mean, you you, you know it before I know it. Uh, what's the point? I know I'm supposed to, and I do. And I know you set the example, and that's the example I'm to follow. But when I read, for your Father knoweth what things ye have need of before ye ask him, that's one of those what I call head scratchers. But right after he says that, he says this. In the very next verse, Verse, and I hope the light will go on for you as it did with me. So, right after he says, I know what things you need before you even ask, in verse number nine, he says this the next verse, after this manner, therefore, pray ye. He's saying, I, I, I know what you're going to say, but pray, and, and here's the model of how you're supposed to pray. After this manner, therefore, pray ye. In other words, you don't repeat this prayer verbatim. Then it becomes repetitive and it becomes meaningless just to recite the Lord's Prayer over and over again. What he's saying is there are components in this prayer that ought to be components in your prayer life. Not verbatim, not word for word, but in context, there are components here. He says, Our Father which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done in earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. He says, I know what you need before you pray. But here's how I want you to pray. And then he lays out the model prayer. And the components of this model prayer should be in all of our prayers. And everything that Jesus tells us that should be in our prayers reminds us of something about Him that will draw us closer to Him. So when you have the seven parts of this prayer where He's teaching us how to pray, when you include those parts in your prayer, it's going to remind you of things about God when you pray that can't help but draw you closer to God when you pray. And ultimately, that is what it's all about. More importantly than gaining hope or even direction or, or you know, I need a new car, Lord, provide a new car. More important than that. Much more important than that. Because sometimes he says no. And sometimes he doesn't heal. But superseding whether he does or he doesn't is the fact that he wants you to draw close to him. And when you pray, including in your prayers, the components of this prayer, it reminds you of things about you and him and your relationship with him that's going to draw you closer to him. And when you realize that, guess what? You're going to start praying a whole lot more because you're not going to have that question anymore as to why pray. So in verse number 8, He says, I know what you need before you pray. Well, that's confusing. But here's the prayer. And then you read that prayer, and the light goes on. Look at this prayer. Number one, seven things here. Prayer draws us closer to God and builds our relationship with God because it reminds us of our personal relationship with God. He says, I know what you need, but when you pray, after this manner pray ye, our Father which art in heaven. Every time I pray and I say, dear Father, I'm reminded that he's not some impersonal force that's just out there. I have a relationship with him that I can understand. The relationship that I had with my earthly father, I have with him. And when I include that component in my prayer, our Father, or my Father, and you realize the relationship you have with Him, it's going to draw you closer to Him. And He says, you draw close to me, I'll draw close to you. And ultimately, folks, on this earth, that is what it's really all about. Number two, prayer draws us closer to God and builds our relationship with God because it reminds us that God is to be venerated. By venerated, it means to regard Him with awe, with reverence. Because after He says, Our Father which art in heaven, He says, Pray this, Hallowed be Thy name. And you recognize the value of that relationship. His name is hallowed. His name is to be venerated. You have the privilege of being in a relationship with God. I mean, people desire certain relationships because it will benefit them. And you, you not that you're using people, but you're, you're just benefited by that relationship. You enjoy that person and they, they bring you joy. When you say, hallowed be thy name, or something to that effect in your prayer daily, you're realizing, this is big. This is really big. Number three, prayer draws us closer to God and builds our relationship with God because it reminds us that His will is more important than my will. For in that prayer, He then says, Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, as it is in heaven on earth. Thy kingdom, thy will, we are reminded that it is His will that is important. Our wills can be led astray, our will can drift. It is a wonderful part of this relationship that when we put His will first, we know that He knows us better than anybody. He loves us more than anybody. He wants to bless us more than anybody. Let's subject our will to His will and understand the value of that relationship. That's why I said, Thy kingdom come, Thy will be done. Then number four, prayer draws us closer to God and builds our relationship with God because it reminds us that we are totally dependent upon God. For in that model prayer, he then says, your prayers ought to regularly include something to this effect. Give us this day our daily bread. You can really appreciate someone and be close to someone that you know is benefiting you. Someone that is blessing you. You're just drawn to those kinds of people. People that are there to help you. People that are there to encourage you. And such is the case with the Lord. And in your prayer, when you pray, give us this day our daily bread or the equivalent, you're recognizing the benefit of that relationship. The goodness of that relationship. Things that you can only get from God. Number five. Prayer draws us closer to God and builds our relationship with God because it reminds us that we are dependent on God for forgiveness. He says, And forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. When that or something to that effect is included in our daily prayers, it is a reminder that we are needy. And without Him, we would spend eternity in hell. And He has forgiven us of our sins. He has forgiven us of our sins. And how can not an understanding of that bring a greater appreciation to God for who He is and His love and His compassion and His grace and His mercy? Number six, prayer draws us closer to God and builds our relationship with God because it reminds us that we need the protection of God. Where He says, and deliver us from evil. We're walking through a world that's just filled with landmines of temptations and we need guidance and we need help and we need deliverance and we pray that we realize we get that from him and that can't help but make you appreciate him and draw you closer to him. Number seven, prayer draws us closer to God and builds our relationship with God because it reminds us of the majesty of God in the end. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. That or something to that effect should be stated to God every time you pray. And that is an acknowledgement of His majesty and who He is. And you and I are privileged to know Him personally. To have intimacy with Him. So... Jesus says, in the context of prayer, I know what you need before you pray. Okay, why pray? And then the Lord says, Here's the way you pray. Our Father which art in heaven. Oh, our Father. I need to be reminded of that. We need these reminders You've heard the psalm, Come Thou Fount of Every Blessing. A couple of the lines in there say, Prone to wander, Lord, I feel it. Prone to leave the God I love. The Lord knows us. And so he says, pray without ceasing. And when you pray, have these components of the model prayer in your prayer. I already know what you need. But you don't know what you need. And what you need is a personal Close relationship with me. Reminders are important, folks, in our relationship with God. And the Lord established them. The Passover holiday, that was an annual holiday, and the Lord established that as a reminder. Why? Because they're, they're prone to forget. The, the, we, we're talking about Joshua. And they crossed over the River Jordan. They said, stack these stones here. And when you see them, it's to be a reminder the Lord's Supper, which we observed last week, was a, uh, is a reminder. Do these things in remembrance of me. He knows our proclivity to wander and to drift. He, he knows our weaknesses. He knows we live in a sin-cursed world where there's all sorts of temptations to draw us away. So he says, pray. Pray. Pray without ceasing. Pray always. You draw nigh to me, I'll draw nigh to you. It's, it's the critical relationship. When that relationship isn't right with God, very good chance your relationship with everyone else is not right. Only when you are right with God in that relationship will you grow to the point of maturity where you can handle the, the strains of and the temptations of everyday life. Psalm one hundred forty five eighteen. The Lord is nigh unto all them that call upon him. Proverbs fifteen eight. The sacrifice of the wicked is an abomination to the Lord, but the prayer of the upright is His delight. Why pray? To maintain and to sustain that closeness. And who better to be close with than the King of kings and the Lord of lords? That's worth the effort. That's worth the time. That's worth... The sacrifice. That's worth saying, I need to get up early and pray. I need to pray often. He's the only one that forgive, can forgive sins and give eternal life. He's the one who gives meaning and direction to life. He's the one who, and the only one who can give peace, comfort, and hope. Why would you not want or pursue a close relationship with Him? Prayer plays an essential role. And our relationship with God. Is it any wonder that that might be the area in which we struggle the most? From everything I read about Christians and pastors and theologians, all of them that are honest will say that the one area they struggle the most is in the area of prayer. Is it any wonder? If there is one relationship Satan would do everything in His power to destroy or diminish. It's our relationship with the Lord. How is that relationship best maintained? It is through regular prayer. Any relationship that is going to be maintained requires regular, frequent communication, humanly speaking. And such is the case with the Lord. Prayer plays a vital role in our relationship with God. That's why the Bible says in 1 Thessalonians 5.17, Pray without ceasing. Luke 18.1, And He spake a parable unto them to this end, that men ought always to pray and not to faint. Romans 12.12, 12, Rejoicing in hope, patient in tribulation, continuing instant in prayer. Adrian Rogers was one of the ones that acknowledged that some people have this question, why pray, when God knows everything. He concludes with these two quotes, and we're done. Prayer deepens our relationship with God. Prayer brings us closer to Him. He created us with a need for connection, and prayer is connection. Praying is talking to the Lord, just like friends talk to each other and are brought closer together through their sharing. When we pray, we share our innermost being with Him. Prayer draws us closer to God. Thank you for listening to today's message. We hope that the service was a blessing to you and that you were encouraged by God's Word. If you have any questions about Myo Baptist Church, please contact us anytime. You can find contact information on our website at myobaptistchurch.com. Thanks for listening.